Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. Second Peter 1 verse 3, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Let me read that again. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. God's divine power. God's divine power. The word power over here comes from the Greek word dunamis, which means, which means the mighty working power. The miracle working power. The wonder working power. In fact, the word dynamite comes from the same word dunamis. So think about it. You're not talking about dunamis power of you. You're talking about dunamis power of God. His dunamis power, right? His divine power has granted to us all things. To us all things that pertains to life and godliness. I, I want to encourage you and tell you, effortless life, effortless living is your portion. To live in rest to operate from rest is your portion. Don't let the devil come and confuse you. And think you make you think otherwise. Effortless life is your portion. You're no longer in Egypt when you were a slave, you know? When you had to make your own brick, when you had to strive, when you had to eat after striving, after sweating. You are in the promised land. The land that flows with milk and honey. Effortless life is your portion. Effortless life. Not stressful life. Stressful life was the consequence of Adam's sin. Effortless life is your portion. And the Bible says, God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Why, why do you have effortless life? Because God's divine power has granted to you all things. Not some things, not few things, all things. All things. See, imagine with me. If, if I have to lift this pulpit, I would need my entire strength. That's not effortless. Are you hearing me? If I had to lift this pulpit, and if it requires my entire strength, it's not effortless. But if I can lift this pulpit just with two fingers, that's effortless. Why? How can I lift this pulpit with two fingers if there is a supernatural power that is working in and through me that enables me to lift this up? See, on the outside, it will always look like you're, you're the one who's doing the work. But I want to tell you, it's not you. On the outside, it will look like, oh, you know, I'm the one who, who's doing the job and who's getting the salary. No, no, no. Effortless life is where the supernatural power of God enables you to do it where you don't feel the stress of it. Without the supernatural power of God, if I try to lift this pulpit up, 
I will feel the stress of it. I'll feel the brunt of it and I'll get tired. But with the supernatural power of God, I can lift it with two fingers. That's the supernatural power of God because the stress is not on me. He is the one who's taking the stress. You are called for effortless living. Lighthouse Church, I want to encourage you saying you are called for effortless living. A life of rest. A life of rest. A life of rest doesn't mean, oh, I need to sleep. A life of rest is wherever you are, whatever you are doing, you're operating from a place of resting in God, knowing, actively believing in the goodness of God. His divine power has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. Has given you all things. His divine power. So there is divine power of God that is in you, that is in you, that has a potential to give you all things. Say with me, all things. All things. All things pertaining to life and godliness. For what God has called you for, the calling that is upon your life, you need the divine power of God. You can't do it by yourself. You need the divine power of God. You absolutely need the divine power of God. Effortless living is your portion. Don't let it go. Effortless living is your portion. Don't let somebody tell you otherwise. Effortless living is your portion. Can I ask you something? What's the difference between somebody who works 14 hours a shift and earns a certain amount of money and you do the same thing and earn the same amount of money? What's the difference? What is the difference? Do you know why the Lord wants to bless you? Deuteronomy 28. The Lord says, oh, I'll bless you in this, I'll bless you in that, I'll bless you in the city, I'll bless you in the field, I'll bless your cattle, I'll bless everything. Do you know why the Lord blesses? Because he says, so that the people of the world will know that you are my people. I have set you apart. It is for the glory of the Lord. Just you being blessed brings glory to God. So if you are saying, oh God, you know, just give me, just give me enough just for, for my that will just take care of my needs. You're the most selfish person. You're the most selfish person and you have no idea what God has for you because the blessing that the Lord gives you is not for yourself. It's for Him to be glorified. For Him to be glorified. Can I release a prophetic word? I have this illustration, okay? When, when an eagle makes a nest... The eagle uses thorns and thistles and hay, you know, whatever it can gather and makes a nest on a tall tree. Because eagles love height. They make, they make the nest on a tall tree. And when they give birth to eaglets, right? The eaglets are born in the comfort of the nest. They are provided therefore. That's where they are protected and they feel good. But as times go by, they become bigger. The same comfort where they found in the nest now starts poking them. Because why? Because they have gone bigger. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are feeling miserable, it is possible that you're getting bigger. And the, 
and where you're finding comfort that is not enough for you to be to sustain you the eaglet that is there in the nest has choice it can either be comfortable in the misery that it's growing in oh the thorns are hitting me this is oh god help me or can choose to fly can choose to fly you're no longer a slave you are a son you're no longer meant to strive you are meant to live effortlessly in the favor and the blessings of god in the favor and the blessings of god can i challenge you today last one something that the lord told me very clearly and please when i when i release such a word like this okay please understand the depth of what i'm trying to say and don't take it to the other extreme okay the lord told me sam you don't have to work a single day to live a life of abundance you don't have to work a single day but do you know without work you will have no purpose and without purpose you will die quickly because you'll be bored to death so you work because work one you enjoy working i enjoy working i enjoy doing what i do okay you work because you enjoy working second you work because it's a blessing from god you don't work because you you know you work for money no 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 you work because it's a blessing from god three the third reason you work because so that you can be a channel of blessing today if i stop working do you know how many mouths will go hungry i'm a channel of blessing when i work but for me to be fed i don't need to work i am blessed i can live in such favor of god where i can be blessed so what i'm trying to tell you is please understand work is a blessing from god god has god has called us to an effortless life where work is a blessing you don't you don't have to see it as a curse it's not a curse adam and eve were given responsibilities in the garden before the curse happened it is after the curse the consequence of the curse where god said by your sweat of your brow shall you eat that was a curse that christ took it on the cross so you are no longer living under the curse where by the sweat of your brow only if i sweat i will eat no the lord said you can eat of any tree in the garden there were so many trees so even if they didn't work they they would have been fed you understand but they worked they cultivated the garden why because it was a blessing work is a blessing if your work is not a blessing i'm telling you you're in the wrong place you're in the wrong place you know what happens is the world in the world people are trading their time for money yeah you work a certain number of hours and you get paid 9 to 5 people work oh let me do extra 4 hours and i might earn more right what are you doing you're trading your time for money i'm saying if you trade your time for money there will come a time when you will have a lot of money but you will have no time don't work for money work because it's a blessing work for god work because god is your source work so that you can be a blessing to somebody don't work for money don't work for money effortless living is our portion effortless living 
effortless living. God has blessed us with his divine power which has granted to us all things that pertains to life and godliness. This divine power of God working in you to, to give you access to life and godliness. But if you don't make use of that power, that power will remain there with its potential, but it will not be effective. See, I can, I can buy, a, buy an iPad, right? And I can use it just to play games. Or I can buy that iPad and use it to do a lot of productive things. There's divine power of God. But if you don't use it, it'll still be there. You have to learn how to use it. So that you can have everything that God wants you to have. A life of godliness, a life of excellence. Ah, hallelujah. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Why has He given you divine power? So that you will have access to all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us. See that last verse. Who called us to His own glory and excellence. Lighthouse, I know that you're blessed. I know that you're walking in certain level of glory, but you're not there enough because he is inviting you into his own glory and excellence. If your life, if your life does not reflect the life that God would have lived through that body, then you haven't reached there. If your life Everything that you do does not reflect the glory and the excellence of God. You haven't reached there. There's so much more. There is so much more. That's why Paul says, you know, we are moving from one degree of glory into another. You're too comfortable in the glory that you are in. You're too comfortable in the blessings. Push more. Push more because the divine power of God, the dunamis power of God is within you has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. To what extent? To the extent where your life becomes His glory and His excellence. Amen? Amen? The Lord has the best in store for you. He does not have the second best or the third best. He has the Best in store for you. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. See, just saying pastures was enough. But he says, he makes me lie down in green, lushful pastures. He does not say, he makes me work. He makes me strive. He makes me sweat for green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Those still waters also mean waters of refresh. Waters where you find refreshing and where you find rest. He leads you. Look at it. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters. Verse 3. He restores my soul. Ha! If you need recharging in the morning, He restores your soul. He leads you in the path of righteousness. Why? 
for his name's sake. Oh, his name, his name's sake, his name is on the line. Your life should be a life of righteousness. You know why? Because his name is on the line. That's why he leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Look at all these three verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Green pastures, still borders, restores my soul. Path of righteousness for his name's sake. All good things. There is not one thing that is bad. Verse 4. Even though I walk. Does not say he led me. Even though I walk. Even though because of my stupidity. Because of my foolishness. I walk in the valley of shadow of death. It is God's grace that he is still with me. He still comforts me by his rod and his staff. But please can I tell you. God never leads you through the valley of shadow of death. Even though I walk, when I make a decision, when I don't listen to the leading of the Spirit, right? It's, it was my choice. I went through the valley of shadow of death. If you're wondering, if you're confused, if you're wondering if you're going through whatever that is, that is opposite to what God's best is for you, can I just tell you, just letting you know, probably your choice not probably it was your choice because God's choice is the best for you he leads you in green pastures he leads you beside the still waters he doesn't take you through the valley of shadow of death it's my choice even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death he's still with me he still comforts me he'll, he'll, still, he'll see you through the end of the tunnel oh definitely he will he will restore you back because that's what he does his name is on the line he leads you in the path of righteousness. But look at verse 1 to 3. The Lord will always lead you through good and perfect things. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, you know, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and discern that the will of God for your life is good Pleasing and perfect. Do you know that the will of God has various levels? You can be in, in the good will of God. You can be in the acceptable or the pleasing will of God. Or you can be in the perfect will of God. But you choose. You choose because he does not force his will upon you. Because you are a son. You are not a slave. He does not force himself upon you. So you get to choose. Do I walk in the good will of God? Or do I enter into another level of glory where His will is acceptable? Or do I walk in the perfect will of God? You choose. Because God has the best for you. God has the best for you. Amen? Are you encouraged? Don't know about you. I am encouraged. I am super encouraged. On fire. Yeah? Come back. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Now here's a question. We're still on the prayer series. How is this connected to prayer series? How is prayer and power of God related? See, the, when you pray, prayer does not directly release the power of God. It does not. But prayer gives you revelation. Say with me, prayer gives you revelation. 
and revelation makes you realize what you already have. See, why prayer does not release the power of God is because the power of God that needs to be released in you that you're praying for is already there within you. What you need is a revelation. And when you pray, God reveals, God opens your mind and shows you, Sam, you're already blessed. Sam, the power that you're praying for, the power to make wealth, the power for peace, the power for, you know, encountering, the power for encounters, the power to subdue demonic oppressions, all that power is within you. But what I require is revelation. Revelation. So when you pray, prayer opens your eyes, it gives you revelation and revelation tells you that the divine power of God is already in you. And the revelation tells you how to access it. Are you getting it? Yeah? That's why Paul prays like this. You know, I do not cease to give thanks for you. This is Ephesians 1 verse 16 to 18. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling the riches of his glorious inheritance and then he ends it with so that you can experience the power of God the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead that same power you can start experiencing so prayer gives you revelation 2nd Peter 1 verse 3 his divine power has granted to us all things through the knowledge of God say with me through the knowledge of God through the knowledge of God. Through the knowledge of God. What does prayer do? Prayer gives you revelation. Gives you knowledge. Gives you wisdom. Of whom? Of God. So the more you know God, the more you intimately know God in prayer, it, you, know, you experience the power of God. It's not like the power of God was not there, but as you get to know more of Him, you start experiencing the power of God that was already deposited within you when you accepted Jesus. So the knowledge of God in prayer, oh, you experience more knowledge. You experience more of Him, more intimacy. Huh? You get to know more of Him. How much ever you know God, it's not enough. There's always more. There's always more. And the more you get to know God, you get to know Him, you are experiencing the power of... You're experiencing His power. Yeah? Those are the good parts. Now comes the difficult one. Still grace, okay? The difficult part is there is a cost in knowing God. There is a cost in knowing God. And not everybody is willing to pay that price. What are you saying, Pastor Sam? Jesus died for me. Oh, everything has been free. Oh, redemption is free. Yes, absolutely. Redemption and salvation is free and it is inclusive. It is for everybody. But intimacy is for few. You want to know God? What is knowing God? Intimacy. You know, Adam knew Eve. 
was just not knowing her name adam knew eve you know what that means right adam knew eve and they had children you knowing god is just not knowing his name it's knowing him intimately intimately intimacy is for those who genuinely are willing to pay the cost redemption is free redemption is inclusive redemption has no cost but intimacy comes with a cost you know what's the cost let me tell you psalms 91 verse 1 i know a lot of us quote psalms 91 but recently god gave me this revelation psalms 91 he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty the shelter over there the word is secret place hiding covering he who dwells in the secret place of the most high does not say he who visits the secret place on a sunday when it's convenient or on days when i feel like going he who dwells make a habitation in the secret place of the most high do you know that there is a dimension in god which is a secret place <laughs> there is a dimension in god which is a secret place and that is not for everybody it is not for everybody it is an exclusive club for those who are willing to pay the cost it's an exclusive club intimacy is not free the currency of intimacy is time intimacy is not free what is the currency of intimacy time get married you'll know if you don't spend enough time with your spouse they will tell you you don't love me i love you baby i brought you these gifts <laughs> but where's your time and energy the currency of intimacy is time time secret place of god opens to those who are willing to spend time and energy in god's presence redemption is free yes you are saved yes you're perfectly saved from the power of darkness you've been brought into his marvelous like completely free you didn't do anything but if you want all of god it will require all of you all of god will require all of you you can't be like oh i'll i'll give yeah my 30% i'm i'm giving my tithe you know all of god requires all of you because god is unlimited you're talking about an immeasurable unlimited infinite god all of god requires all of you all of you psalms 91 right we love this verse right he who dwells in the secret place of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty i want you to jump to verse 9 and 10 because you have made the lord your dwelling place the most high who is my refuge no evil shall be allowed to befall you no plague come near your tent there's a condition You don't want any evil to plague you. What's the condition? Make the Lord your dwelling place. Verse fourteen, because He holds fast to me in love, 
I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. You like it or not? This is the truth. There's a secret place in God. There is a dimension in God which is not accessible to everyone. But if you're willing to pay the cost of spending time and energy in the presence of God, you can enter that secret place where you will be protected. There will be nothing that can fall on you. No plague, no pestilence, nothing. You'll be protected at all times and you'll be provided for. Secret place. This is not just the psalmist saying. Even Jesus says, when you pray, pray in secret. You want to see that verse? Okay. Unbelieving believers. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray, listen to this, pray to your father who is in secret. Pray to the Father who is in secret. You can encounter a unique dimension of God in His secret. There's a secret dimension that God has, not for everybody. I love sharing the inclusive gospel of God, that you are all included in the gospel. And the blood of Jesus has cleansed you and forgiven your sins. I love sharing that. But I want to tell you, Intimacy is for people who are genuinely and who are diligently willing to make the time and energy to stay in the presence of God. It doesn't happen in a five-minute prayer. Oh Lord, done. God is not fast food. You know, you go there, you want to encounter the secret place of God, it asks you, it is asking you of your time and energy. Are you willing to pay that cost? That is where effortless life becomes a reality. We all love, man, all of you were shouting till now, amen, for effortless life. But this is the cost. The cost is, there is an effort to enter into that place which where my life becomes effortless. What is the effort? The effort is, I put my time and energy in the presence of God. I am telling God, God, beyond everything, you are important. Oh, I have so many things in my life. You know, I have my college, my career, my admissions, oh, my spouse and oh, the person I'm going to get married, my finances, promotion. There's so many things. And God, no, God. God, I give you priority in my life. There's nothing that can even be compared to who you are. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, hate your mother and father. He's not actually saying to hate them, but he's saying, in comparison to my love, the love that you have for your parents should be hatred. Love me so much. Why? Because he loved you so much. He loved you so much. He loved you so much that He gave everything for you. He gave His begotten Son. He gave everything that He had. 
He gave his precious and very great promises. He gave you everything. So if you think you can receive all of it just by five minutes of prayer, please, you're deceived. You want everything that God has for you? You need to give everything that you have. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, It is a glory of God to conceal things. It is a glory of God to hide things. But it is a glory of kings to search them out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, the secrets of God are for those who are diligent. The secrets of God are not for those who are passive. For those who are diligent who understand the value, the value, the value of this word. The moment the Bible became, you know, accessible, available, people stopped reading it. But everybody wants an iPhone. will spend one lakh twenty thousand rupees to buy an iPhone. I really want to poke your heart. You don't have a problem spending 500 rupees going to a movie theater and watching a boring movie for three hours that will add no value into your life. Again, I have nothing against watching movies. But I'm saying, but when it comes to the presence of God, you're always looking at time. Yeah, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Where is your value? Do you understand the value? The value that God brings into your life. The secret place opens for those who understand the value of God. If you took your spouse out for dinner and you're always looking at your watch, oh, it's time for us to go home. She will never reveal herself to you or himself to you. It takes time. Time. Time is the currency of intimacy. Kessia is smiling. I like it. Time. You have to spend time. Time. Time in the presence of God. Time. In this generation, and I, I want to say specifically, in this church, you know what's distracting you? They're not bad things. You're not distracted by, oh, I want to go to the disco. and No, not bad things. You're distracted by responsibilities. You're distracted by your job. You're distracted by all those that are meant to be good things. You're distracted by that because you're taking the time from the Lord to fill in in these things. No? <laughs> no, you don't like it? Jesus goes to Mary's and Martha's house, right? Martha wants to serve Jesus. She's, the Bible says she was distracted because she was busy serving Jesus. Not a bad thing. Serving Jesus is a good thing, but she was busy, distracted. And what was Mary doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening. Are you, are you listening to this? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening. Martha gets upset and she accuses Jesus. Lord, don't you care that I'm busy working and the sister of mine is doing nothing? Tell her to help me. Why don't you tell her, Martha? Because she tried. 
Mary was focused, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. Why? Because she knew the value of what he spoke. It was more precious than gold or silver. Look at the response of Jesus. He says, let me not paraphrase, okay? Let's, let's read that verse. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 10. Yeah, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10. Let's read from, let's read Martha, verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? That my sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her then to help me. And Jesus answers her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Come on, look at somebody and say, if your husband is right with you, tell them, you are troubled and worried about many things. Now, now the husband tells your wife, okay, you are troubled and anxious about many things. You're troubled. You're these responsibilities. You're troubled about all of these things. But see what Jesus says. But one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Okay? Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. I understand all of these responsibilities are good. They are needed. But one thing is necessary. One thing. One thing. You need to have time in your life where you are absolutely doing nothing and you're seated at the feet of Jesus to listen to what he's saying. What you are doing, like the responsibilities, the work that God has given you a blessing has become a hindrance for you today. Has become a distraction for you today that keeps you away from just to stop everything and listen to God while doing nothing. See, you can pray while driving. You can pray while you're in the washroom. You can pray anytime while you're doing anything. That's okay. But if you don't have dedicated time where you spend with the Lord, where you say this time is set apart for the Lord, that tells you of the value that you have placed for God. He's not that valuable enough. I can work 14 hours a day to earn money but I can't take an hour out, two hours out. Somehow in this culture, we are, we, are, we are encouraging people, oh, you can't pray for two hours? It's okay, pray for 15 minutes. I'm saying, why are we cutting down on the time that we have, we have to set apart for the Lord than to encourage people and say, hey, why don't you get a better job? Why don't you believe for a better job? If Sundays are not free, why don't you believe in God that God will give you a job which, where Sundays are free? I love what Brother Vishal did, you know. When, when he got a job and they were not allowing him for Sundays to be free, he quit that job. The next job he took, interview, he stood there with boldness and he said, if you don't give me Sundays as off, I'm not coming. That's boldness. That's saying, God, you are my source. You know, the Israelites were asked to remember the Sabbath day. But you know why they were asked? So, so the Lord said, you are, you are asked to remember the Sabbath day so that you will know that I am the one who is providing you. 
the israelites were asked on the seventh year not to sow not to reap to keep their land free why so that they could believe that even when they are doing nothing that on the sixth year god will provide them enough that it will go for their sixth year for the seventh year and their eighth year i will give you enough that it will provide for you three years on the 50th year, year it's called the year of jubilee israelites were said if somebody owed you any money debt cancellation don't take any money on the 50th year if they continue so people were waiting for the 50th year you know when is the 50th year coming and everybody who who has lended money they are like man 50th year is coming he hasn't returned me the money but the lord said if you do this if you cancel all the debts i will provide for you whatever you have lost i will restore I will restore. I want to challenge you today. If you take out time for the Lord, if you set apart your time, the time and energy that you spend will be multiplied and be given. We're talking about effortless life, guys. We're talking about blessed life, but we can't take or we can't even believe God that God can give us a better job while you're working 14 hours a day, 7 days a week. Shouldn't our faith have some evidence? and for me god is so valuable we can say that but we can't take that step of faith i want to believe for you that none of none of your jobs will force you to work on a sunday i want to believe that for you i want to pray that over your life effortless living What's the point of working if you don't have the time to spend your money? You can't see your wife, you can't see your children and you're working 40 hours in a different country. What's the point? What's the point of such a life? What are you working for? Are you working for money? Then why did you get married? God wants you to experience life. Not strive. not stress he wants you to enjoy but it takes certain amount of bold steps that you take in trusting him that will actually release those doors of opportunity not every door that opens for you is from god because even satan's even satan and the devil can open the door for you because those doors lead to bondages the prison doors So don't just look at every opportunity that opens up and be like oh god thank you no ask ask lord does this does this does this help me in pursuing you does this help me in knowing you more does this help me in establishing your kingdom ask him consult with him we we quickly we quickly want to accelerate right but god is not in the speed of rushing he does not like rushing he does not hurry that's why the lord says i am the lord i will hasten it in its time can you trust can you wait can you see what i am seeing this this is a message of correction to the church you are so anxious and troubled about many things one thing is necessary one thing and you dare talk about oh i am feeling sick i am feeling that you dare talk about that 
one thing is necessary. Or you want to live your life trading your time for money, keep trading your time for money and then when you have all the money, you have no time. Set apart time for God. Set apart time, guys. Set apart time. Young, old, children, students, I don't care. Set apart time for God. Set apart time for God. Okay, you, you might be in a place where you, you are not, you're like, you know, Pastor Sam, you don't understand the struggles that I'm going through. I have to work 14 hours a day. Otherwise, I'll not earn anything. I get it. And I don't want to neglect what you're going through. But I'm saying, can you at least have a desire? Can you at least start praying? That God, I want to set up our time, but I can't. I don't have the energy and the time. Can you give me a better opportunity? Can you start praying at least? Wishful thinking that we have. Oh, if I had a better job, if my Saturdays were off, I would fast. If, if, if. It's not a question of if. With God, it's never a question of if. It's a question of when. When you start making a decision, Lord, I trust you. I prioritize you. I will take this step of faith, trusting in you, and I'll obey you. My goodness, you will always see that divine power working for you. Don't run after money. Don't run after every open door of opportunity. Run after God. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You don't have to pursue them. They will follow you. They'll follow you. You know, when, when I stepped into full-time ministry, I, I had nobody who told me, hey, Sam, I promise to give you so, so much money. Nobody. Nobody was there to guarantee me. And I know so many people who stepped out like me in faith, in ministry. Why? We were trusting God. That same God, that same God can give you a better job. That same God can give you a job where you'll have enough time for God, for the church, for your family, for your children. What is life if you don't have time? Can you push yourself in believing that I have a God who is good? I have a God who is a God of abundance. I'll believe. I will believe. Nothing, I'm saying absolutely nothing should take away the time that we have in God. Nothing. All God. All God. Not God, job, family. No. All God. All God. When you prioritize all God, you'll see everything falling in place. Everything. You have to prioritize. It is just a matter of prioritizing. Just prioritizing. How many times we compromise, you know, in our jobs and in, in, in the things of God. With the Jewish people in the Old Testament, even if somebody fell in the well, they were not supposed to get out. That's how serious they were. That's, that's another extreme that we are talking about. Okay, if, some, if the child fell in the well, they will not get out. Why? Because God said, 
keep the Sabbath day holy. But I'm saying we have gone to another extreme where we are absolutely passive. We have no value for God. No value for God. We don't want to set time apart. One hour of prayer seems like so burdensome. But then three hours of movies is like nothing. And then we can watch another three, three movies back to back. Nothing against movies. But I want to, I want to reveal the depravity of our heart. You know, where, where is our desire? Is our desire rooted in knowing God? Or is our desire in just the pursuit of the world? You want to live an effortless life? Effortless life where you don't strive but the power of God that is in you will give you access to all of these things that leads to life and godliness, to the life of God. For the calling that is upon your life is in the excellency and the glory of God. If that's the kind of life that you want to live, it takes a certain cost. It requires a certain cost. It requires a certain cost. You know, the disciples, they were absolutely they were uneducated. Most of them were uneducated. But the whole world knew them. They changed history. Do you want to be somebody whom God says, hey, this is my son? Whom God is willing to partner with. Where you can actually say, yeah, nothing is impossible with God. You want to see such powerful work of God in your life, you have to take such bold steps. It will not happen in the place of comfortable misery that you are in. It will not happen. You have to step out, take that bold step of faith and say, God, I trust you. It will not happen in the comfortable sofa that you sit in. It's a bold step of faith. God has, if God has called you for ministry, what are you waiting? What are you waiting for? If God has called you for something, if God has called you to start a business, what are you waiting for? What, what do you want? Do you want God to come in person and say, get up? I'm telling you, the, the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. Get up. Be bold. Trust Him. Take that step of faith. Be bold. The kingdom needs people like you who are bold, who take steps of faith, trusting in Him. Every, every man of faith in the Bible, none of them did what they did because they had resources because they had money, because they had education, or because they were in an influential position. They did what they did because they trusted God. They took bold steps of faith. Bold steps of faith. You really want to see God working? You want to see God's immeasurable power working? You have to take a bold step of faith. You can't remain comfortable in the misery and say, Oh, I am so uncomfortable. Oh God, when are you going to change my situation? God is waiting on you to get out of that misery and say, Yes, my God will supply all my needs. I will trust in the Lord.